Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, where every week I come here and I talk about the various couples trying to make their way through their new journey in the United States. Of course, we are talking about season nine of the original 90 Day Fiance franchise, episode number 12. I am your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Priya Vakili, ready once again to break it all down for you. Now, today I am joined by an amazing guest. She is, of course, one half of the Mass Singer Rahapa podcast. She is one third of the Drag Race Rahap Rucaps, if you will. And she is one out of one, my number one favorite person in the world. It is the one and only, my partner in everything, Liana Boris today. Liana, how are you doing? <laughs> wow, that's, I feel so special. I like uh, your favorite person being one of my three accolades that needs to be mentioned at the start of the pod. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I didn't think it would could get weird, but you made it weird. You're <laughs> welcome. Know. That's what I do. What I go, well, the one show you did mention, the B and B, the weirdest show of all. So, oh, do you know, she is one half of the RHAP B and B. It's Leona Boris. Yeah, just making things weird since 2017. That's we out here. <laughs> no, I'm, look, I'm I'm really excited to be back. I haven't had the opportunity to talk with you formally, I suppose about the 90 day fiance season since I was on the premiere. I didn't, I didn't even know who Patrick and Thais were. I just knew him as tiny headman. And so here and we are. your life was better for it. I would, I, I would argue. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It was before <laughs> I met the testicular fortitude of John. So I think. Testicular I think my fortitude. Better. Did you not hear that when they were? Okay. Well, whatever. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We will. Like you said, it has been 11 long weeks since we've heard your thoughts on the show last. The first time you were on here, there were only four couples that we talked to, talked about and were introduced to. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts on even Muhammad. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on Patrick and Thais. 
And I'm keen for us to get your takes once again on Ari and Bidium, who we have both talked about together on podcast. Mm-hmm. Before. That's right. The longest running couple, I think, that we've discussed on the 90 Day Fiance podcast. They've I, like the cockroach that won't go away. <laughs> I feel like between them, um, Angela and Michael and uh, there's one more call. Oh, uh, um, what are their names? Elizabeth and Andre. They're like oh, the yeah. three that have really made a meal out of being on the show multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're still going. Still kicking. Okay, you know what? Um, right out the gate, let's talk about a couple that you had not met when we talked last time. And that, of course, is going to be Patrick and Thais. Now, mm-hmm. the last time we saw them, <laughs> uh, Thais decided, let's just get married tonight. Let's just mess around and, you know, walk into the chapel and, and say I do and stuff. And uh, Patrick was not having it. That was not happening. They have since come back to Dallas. Okay. They are 39 days away from the end of their journey here. And Patrick says Vegas was just okay. <laughs> he didn't really mm-hmm. love Vegas. It was just okay. Vegas. Well, I, I think, you know, you plan this big trip. You expect it to be, oh, we're reconnecting. We're, you know, spending this time away from home, away from John, away from sort of all of the pressures of living together. And it was almost like a one-two punch of your dad doesn't know that you guys are getting married. And then she brings you to a chapel, which apparently he wasn't a big fan of. But I haven't heard them talk at all about the planning. I thought maybe she was just trying to like plus i mean honestly that was the whole thing was like yeah well if we get married now then i'll tell my dad and then it takes care of two birds with one stone (laughs) she was just being practical yeah and i feel like what got in the way was patrick's thought that of course the the infamous line this is how you marry a stripper he thought that if he marries her like this that her dad would feel even more disrespected and you know blindsided because the marriage has already happened Whereas Mm -hmm. for Thais, it's like, well, it's done. Nothing can happen now. Everything's okay. Mm -hmm. So, and also that he seems keen to marry me. That's a good thing. So, listen, opposing views, of course, with the two of them. Now, the good news is that um, it sounds like the meeting with the younger brother went really well. So, at least there's someone in in his family that Thais approves of, which is great. Mm-hmm. Well, John would clarify that's how you marry an exotic dancer, or however I don't know. Oh, good God. accent. Oh. I but okay. So to me, clearly, obviously, there's some finance issues that they've been sort of dealing with. But in terms of the majority of their drama, I really do feel like this not telling your dad kind of thing. I mean, it was a big deal last week. It's a big deal this week, and I feel like it's going to continue to be a big deal. That's right. We have found, you know, episode 11 on, we have found the main source of the drama for this couple. And it is now he really wants her to tell her dad and she really wants him to respect that it's her decision. And obviously this is going to be a conversation that comes in more in this episode because the episode starts with Patrick going out for some drinks with John and his buddy Wagner, who we met in the infamous surprise house party that they threw. And they meet up, they're joking, and they're teasing him about Thais and everything. But this is where Patrick drops the bombshell and tells John that she hasn't told her dad she's getting married. Liana, what do you think about Patrick telling John here? Do you think it's fine? Do you think it's out of order that he told him? 
What are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, John has been a pure agent of chaos in this relationship. I mean, that's the only way that I can think about it. I just I think how boring they would be if they didn't have John. I just imagine the producers in John's ear just being like, yeah, throw, throw a house party. Yeah, definitely do that. It'll be super dope, bro. It'll be so fine. You should definitely do that and not tell them. And John is just here for the for the drama. I mean, what what I learned about this family is there's obviously a ton of trauma. We heard about it when last week the younger brother was talking about and, you know, Patrick, they were telling the story about like mom's addiction issues. And then also, you know, the when they played mini golf, I think they had that like heart to heart. So I think that Patrick and John have a very interesting relationship. So even though Thais may feel like, oh, this is between you and me, Patrick and John are just so close. And I think they have you know, whether or not it's a healthy relationship or not, they're very commingled with one another. And so to me, of course, Patrick would tell John. It doesn't help anything, but of course, Patrick would tell John. Right. And it's like, it's one of those things to me where you can clearly tell that Patrick realizes that the relationship with John and Thais is in ruins and is not looking like it's getting fixed anytime soon. But the fact that he knows that and still can't help but share everything with John speaks volumes to how much he is commingled with John and how much he is dependent on John and he wants to share things with John. So John is now involved in this. But what was very interesting in this in this revelation was John is trying to figure out why wouldn't she tell her dad? That seems so weird. We, we you know, we, you got to tell your family. And he then says, suggests, well, do you think that the dad might not like you? Like, can you read the energy? Like, what is what is going on there? And Patrick's like, no, no, I think he likes me. I yeah, I got him a, with me. I got him a Father's Day gift. We've been out for drinks. John can like totally read the situation because yeah, the if the thing is, is that from what we've seen, Thais hasn't given an explanation of why she hasn't told her dad. So of course John is gonna theorize, well, he must not like you, dude. Like there's gotta be some issue there. And the fact that Patrick like isn't even willing to explore it, it's just like, yeah, no, it's fine. And then this whole like man code thing, I can't marry someone's daughter without them knowing was also very like toxic masculinity. Love that for for them. And like, uh <laughs> <laughs> the whole time in the in between these two episodes when he finds out that the dad doesn't know, and I was trying to think, well, why is he so upset about this? And ultimately I landed on he believes he's, you know, he has a strong uh, affinity for family and he believes family should know he wants the dad to be close. No, mm-hmm. no, it's bro code, dude. It's all about the bro code. You know, <laughs> yeah. Papa Thais needs to know because I got to get Papa's blessing because that's bro code. Well, yeah, that exactly. Like, and that's the thing about Patrick is that it's always the way that he phrases, right? It was, oh, I, uh, I was, no, shoot. What is it they said when he got caught for taking drugs? It was like, I tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. It wasn't, (laughs) I was caught doing performance enhancing drugs. Oh, I just, I just happened to like test positive. It tested positive (laughs) and like, they didn't like that. So it's fine. It wasn't a, I actively did something that was not in the rules. (laughs) So then this also is just like weird to me because I'm like, okay, so you're saying it's bro code, but you didn't call, which is fine. My ex-husband, when I got married the first time, he called and asked both of my parents for permission. And like, okay, not my vibe, but fine, whatever. But that was like an out of respect thing. I don't know. what Again, not my vibe. Um, But it wasn't even that because wouldn't he have already called the dad? Because if he's like, okay, she's coming to the United States to get married to me, then obviously 
I should ask for permission because that's what happened before my ex proposed to me. He called my parents to ask for permission. So I'm like, if there's some like this, this hierarchy male thing, then wouldn't you have called the dad beforehand to say like, Hey, I'm going to propose to your daughter or like, Hey, I want to marry your daughter. Like, can't I just don't understand how that conversation never happened. And now he's like complaining that he doesn't know. I don't know. The whole thing was just very weird. No, you know, that's a good shout because indeed, if this is something he values of his bro code, man code, whatever you want to call it over anything, you think you would have taken that step already. The fact that he hasn't. And only now that he finds out when Thaisa says, oh, wait, that didn't happen. Did he think that she, she spoke on his behalf? I don't know what he thought, but He's definitely upset about this whole situation. Now, where we go from here is going to get interesting because now John. Wait, hold on. That's yes. where they said, te- did you hear the testicular? Fo- I don't know. I don't know if it was John or the friend Wagner or whatever his name was. I may have missed it because it would have been on my, been in my notes. John offered to go tell the dad, which, by the way, TLC producers. Buy a ticket ASAP. Send him to and Brazil. Send John down there. <laughs> Next season on the other way. <laughs> that was that is a conversation I absolutely want to have. But yeah, he said something about like, yeah, you got to have some testicular fortitude. Is that just you know? And I don't mean to be crass, but you know, have some balls. Is that the same mm-hmm. like substitute? Mm-hmm. Did he think it sounded more witty to say it this way? Well, there's the term like intestinal fortitude it's like having courage and determination and so i don't know if this is like a play on that or he thinks it's testicular fortitude my, it's like have some balls. my brethren you have no testicular fortitude to proceed with yeah. the thigh negotiations what that's actually doing? that's my favorite stat in rpgs i'm like yeah i gotta bump up that testicular fortitude <laughs> testicular fortitude 100 yeah. <laughs> oh God, John is a wreck. He really is. Get him on Big Brother. I'll, I said it. Just put him okay, on. Well, there. he needs he needs to go to rehab first, but that maybe uh, after that we can send him on Big Brother. Would be nice. Would be nice. <laughs> um. Yeah. So then we go to the next scene. Do you have anything else from this scene before we proceed? No, I got to talk far too much about testicular fortitude, so I think I'm good. Enough for a lifetime. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene, we go back to the house and we are in the kitchen. Uh, Thais is preparing a dinner for Patrick. And I believe she said it's like a stroganoff. And the recipes we saw were sliced chicken, mm-hmm. ketchup, mm-hmm. Me- uh, and mustard. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah. So Brazilian stroganoff is like a dish because I... I did Google it, um, and it seems to be relatively simple. So she cut up the the chicken. She cut up the onions, which, by the way, she used the same cutting board, and she did the chicken first. And she then, could have washed it, right? There's a chance they just skipped that part. I hope. I'm gonna hope for her sake, yes, because <laughs> salmonella is is very real here. Um, but anyway, so you like you cook up the chicken and the onions. Um, and then there's like a little bit of garlic and then you make uh, what's the stroganoff sauce. But the recipes that I found all use tomato sauce and then ketchup. Yeah, I and see it. It's like a cream. bed of rice. Yeah. Well, you serve it over rice and then it's mm-hmm. like cream and then you can add some like parsley and stuff and then you serve it over rice. None of the recipes I saw use mustard and I didn't see any cream. I, look, again, I'm not a Brazilian cook, uh, but based on 
the few recipes I looked at didn't exactly look the same. Fair, right? That, that's very fair. But what isn't fair? So John get, comes into the kitchen and John segues the conversation immediately into asking about, hey, your dad doesn't know about you getting married. Like, what's that about? Why is that happening? Oh my God, no, don't even, no, the way they, no, the way that you're describing it is not even close to being apt. It's like John comes in and is like, hey, how's it going? And then asks like a few random questions and then goes, well, since we're asking questions, (laughs) you can't get married until you tell your father, right? Yeah, exactly. The segue was so bad. He like, obviously it's when someone comes in and you're just spit it out. What do you want? Like, just tell me what you want. I think I'm going to start using that transition though. So since I mean, we're asking questions. Well, it's not going to work on me because I watch the show. So I don't know who you're going to use it on. Uh, I don't know. Work people, maybe. <laughs> you have to let me know how that goes down. <laughs> oh, disaster. He was so blunt about the whole thing. And then is just all up in her business while she's cooking. Oh, God. And such a pet peeve. I hated I, it. I appreciated that he's being like, I can't do both at once. John's like, it's multitasking. Okay, John, no one cares. And then he's turning the stove off because she's oh, going to overcook it. And then I guess she did. It was like rubber with ketchup and mustard. And John, the moment when he takes the food, chews it, spits it out and goes, it's so good. Behind I, her back. She didn't see yeah. him spit out the food. So that was <laughs> slick from him. That was kind of impressive. That was really funny. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So in the middle of all this, like berating her while she's cooking and like trying to poke around for the for the answer, Thais says, it's my choice. That's why he doesn't know. That's what's happening. And then obviously, Liana, you've already mentioned he took the food off the burner, which I thought, uh, guy, you're not cooking this. What are you doing? Um, Patrick comes out to eat, right? And, and she pours a bowl of the food for Patrick. Patrick tries it. It's good. It's very good. I like it. It's okay. Good. So. Patrick lying. Um, but then she asks, Thais asks, why'd you tell John about my dad? It's a, this was a secret between us. And Patrick says, no, it's not supposed to be a secret at all. At all. And then John chimes in and says, well, he's probably going to blame Patrick for not telling him now. That's mm-hmm. a problem. And obviously Thais can't take this because she's getting ganged up on by these two and just leaves the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one other thing that I forgot before, uh, just to go back to the cooking very briefly. Like, remember, John's the guy who dropped the steak on the ground, right? Yeah, and then put <laughs> so, it back in the pan and was like, yeah. we're going to eat it. <laughs> so I'm not saying either of them are great cooks. So the blind leading the blind, perhaps a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I the, again, what's missing to me is that she has never given him I, either Patrick or I suppose John an explanation as to why, right? And why is because her dad hates him. So of course she doesn't want to say why, but if you're Patrick, I can understand like being in the situation because not telling your parents you're getting married, that's a like I understand why he thinks that that's a red flag because it is, especially if she he doesn't understand why. Like maybe there's a legitimate reason uh, apart from the fact that Thais's dad just hates Patrick. Uh, but here, right, they're not actually having a conversation about it. Thais is just saying, I'm not telling my dad. Patrick's upset about it. And then that's the end of the conversation. Right. And I feel like that's the biggest issue in all this is that you haven't told him that he doesn't like your your man, Patrick. I feel like that is something that he should know 
because then maybe he can try and fix it. But to not because now if she tells him now it's game over, like that will that will destroy everything. If Patrick finds out, oh, your dad doesn't even like me. I thought he liked me. I thought you just didn't want to tell him for personal reasons or whatever. So what what does that even mean? What's a personal reason? You know, it's uh, well, the thing is, the personal reason could be, well, my dad's a little bit apprehensive on American men and he's not had good experiences based on what he's seen on TV about American Mm -hmm. men. So that's why he's like a little bit shaky on it. But I know what I want. I love you. He likes you. He just would be a little nervous. So once that happens, I'll tell him like that's a mature way of going about explaining it, at least. I And it, it is honest. Right. I think I think that from what I understood, that is the case is that, you know, he's nervous about how American men treat Brazilian women. So, yeah, yeah, taking advantage of them. So I I just maybe it's a conversation that we haven't seen. But at least from my perspective, they've actually had no real conversation about why, like why she doesn't want to tell him. No, the two of them have not had an honest conversation about it at all. Hell, she wouldn't have told him if not for the slip up at the at the dinner with the younger brother. So that was all accidental mm-hmm. anyway. So who knows where they would have been if that didn't happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> because again, the producer with the little earpiece, John, remember the bachelor party? <laughs> Be sure to mention the bachelor party. Listen, you want to throw one big banger, one last banger for your for your younger brother here. You want to make it great. I mean, if we know anything about John throwing parties is he would just organize the whole thing, not tell Patrick because Patrick, because if I did it, you would say no and then just pull him out uh, for the bachelor party. You know, for someone who does that, does stuff like that, John should be the last person to comment on why Thais hasn't told her dad. If Thais told Patrick, or sorry, Thais told John, well, if I told my dad, he'd say he'd say no. I bet John would be like, respect, I get it. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd be like, no, 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 I, I understand where you're coming from now. But yeah, so Thais leaves the room. The next scene we see is Thais is actually not, not hasn't gone to the other room. She's hiding in between the wall, between the room and the living room, and is mm-hmm. listening in on John talking all this nonsense about um, well, how are you going to con- uh, convince her to tell her goddamn father? And he's he's this man's drinking. The bottle looked like it was Bacardi based on the labeling, but I didn't get a good pause scene. So he's just throwing drinks back, talking all this stuff, and she's just sneaking and listening. And then the bachelor party conversation comes up. And Liana, what, what do you have? Some quotes from that? There were some nuggets in there. Wait, I thought it was wine, what John was drinking. You know, it could have been. It was a clear, but it looked clear. It looked Ah, clear to me, the drink. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention because I was trying to understand John's thick accent, which (laughs) seems to get stronger when he's drinking, um, which makes sense. Um, No, I mean, I didn't write down any exact quotes from this. I mean, apart from, you know, you got the whole exotic dancers line. Well, okay, so that happened a little later. So he said something about 100 hookers, which, because I wrote that in my notes, but I don't have the exact quote. But then Patrick replies again. We talk about Patrick literally meaning well, potentially, but saying it in the worst way. So mm-hmm. when he talks about getting strippers for a bachelor party, Patrick retorts, man, the odds of a stripper being hotter than Thais is slim to none. So why would I want strippers? Is that really the best way for you to say that? The only way I've heard this man describe his fiance is she's hot. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I, I haven't heard any other positive trait. Um, And I don't know why this whole like 
well, she's hotter than other people thing keeps coming up, right? Because he talked about it at the party where he was saying, like, don't worry, those girls aren't even as good looking as you, which is not a defense, as you guys discuss. So this is coming up again. It just to me, it's 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 kind of rude, right? Because you're essentially saying if there was any chance that there was someone that I would say is hotter than Thais, then it's a problem. Then I should be worried. That just shows that you are very super insecure and mm-hmm. and you're not as confident in this relationship if you're speaking like that. Because if the only thing getting in between you and wanting to do a bachelor party is an attractiveness scale that you're going to compare Thais to other people and be like, nope, my wife is hotter than her and her and her. First of all, stop putting people down. What is wrong with you? Second of all, that's stupid. Uh, wild that this was his response. And, you know, John doesn't understand this argument either. Because John then replies something like, you know, I have Rocky Road, but I might want oh, mint yeah. chocolate chip. You know, flavors, <laughs> different flavors. Like, John, I, uh, put the I, drink down, yes. put it down. I love it when people compare women to ice cream. That's my favorite. I love that. That's it. <laughs> Not even, it wasn't it was just like different flavors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All the flavors. <laughs> I like me some Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Yeah. Okay. All right, John. Um, oh god. So this is when Thais comes out from the behind the hide and goes straight into the kitchen area and says, mm-hmm. "I heard everything." And John's like, "You didn't hear anything. You don't know what we talked about." Like, no, no, I heard. Then what do we say? I heard. It's fine. I, what do we say? What do we say? She doesn't say anything. And then John leans over to Patrick and it's like, she has no idea what we talked about. And Thais walks over the kitchen island, comes over a, a behind um, Patrick's shoulder. And mm-hmm. immediately Patrick says, yeah, we were talking about a bachelor party planning thing. <laughs> and John gets... You snitch! He's like, you snitch! You throw me under the fire, fire line of fire every single time! And like, He's mad. <laughs> he is mad. Because he genuinely thinks she heard none of it. So, mm-hmm. in his eyes, he's full Takashi 6 lining here, and he's very upset about it. Okay, did you see Patrick's face? He was smiling during their fight. Maybe he gets off on this. Ooh. Like he's he the drama does something for him, you think? Yeah, he's like into it. Kind of weird. It's kind of a weird I listen, I don't kink shame, but weird. I don't know. He seemed happy about the whole thing. I also appreciated some of the cinematography during these scenes because you can see the vase. <laughs> cinematography. <laughs> oh, the 32. vase they bought at the store, the $40 vase? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like on the table and the they would be like uh, very purposefully in some of these shots. So that was... That was Do you nice. think if like you walk out of the room and the vase is upside down, that means the house is in a state of like negativity? <laughs> It's like a sign. Yeah. I don't know. Is Again, I think it's just I think it's just production. I think it's empty. I think it's just decorative, but I think it's it's production just uh, you know, Can you, a callback. Yeah, I have a question. Can you have a vase as a decorative piece without any flowers in it? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. I didn't thought of it that way. Yeah, definitely. It just guess- it sits out. You know, like uh, you know. Oh, okay. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Um but yeah, and then is it Thais that's like with strippers? And then John's like, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, first They're exotic dancers. Um, first, yeah, Thais says, no, zero plans. You will not be having a bachelor party. That will not happen. And then in confessional, she's like, yeah, if he has a bachelor party, I will kill him and then go back to Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is wild. But then also, yes, then that's when strippers comes up. I think, no, I think Patrick says, no, there will be no strippers. And John, the classy man that he is, says, whoa, 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 whoa. They're exotic dancers. Good, <laughs> good clarification, John. Thank you. Well, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen bachelor parties get people in trouble. Um, you know, Michael and Angela had a lot of oh, drama God. about it. Jovi and Yara had a lot of drama about it. Just if, look, if, John, if Patrick is saying, I don't want this, just don't do it. Right. But John is not doing it for Patrick, or maybe he thinks he is, right? Maybe Patrick, or this is John's way of giving something to Patrick because he sees, as he uh, indicates, that Patrick is whipped. And so <laughs> this is him being trying to help what he thinks is helping. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> acting from a place of love. <laughs> John feels like someone plucked him out of a 90s sitcom. Truly. Yes. Yeah. He just uh, he sometimes feel like such a caricature. Yeah. I can't take this man seriously. The confessionals with the three of them, I die every time. Every so time. It's like John's red ass face just sitting next to Patrick. Uh that's so funny to me. Well, you know, I wanna run a theory by you based on something you said. You said you feel like Patrick really enjoys the drama. Like he might, he's smiling. He might get a kick out of it. What if John also knows this and is looking out for his younger brother? And he's like, because he tells us, yeah, I'm going to throw the bachelor party anyways. So I expect a bachelor party to happen at some point. And mm-hmm. what if it's because he thinks that that could cause some drama and maybe Patrick likey? Yeah. Patrick would be into it. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe this, uh, this is why John is such an agent of chaos. He's Truthfully. like, uh, he's helping his brother. In more yeah. ways than one. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah, and then um, Thais says, well, all right, we're going to bed. So John, uh, Patrick and Thais leave. And this is where she tells Patrick again, like, my dad is my business. And he says, no, your dad is now our business. We are a family. So that's mm-hmm. going to continue to happen. The next yep. time on shows uh, Patrick and John going suit shopping and drama ensues. We'll catch uh-huh. it next week. Yep, that's right. That's right. All right. Liana, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll go in and talk about another couple that you've not had a chance to talk about yet this season, and that's going to be Eve and Muhammad. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. All righty. So Eve and Muhammad are back on our screens once again. Liana, would you like to tell us your feelings and thoughts and impressions on Eve and Muhammad before we proceed into what they did this episode? Oh, oh my God. I get, I, okay. So Eva Muhammad hit home a little bit for me of uh, what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who is religious or has certain beliefs and you love that person very much, but you don't see eye to eye. And then as you start to get closer and closer, more of the truth gets revealed about what the actualities mean. Someone who has a different belief system than you and dealing with the reality of that, because looking from the outside, these two are so incompatible. Like, so insanely incompatible. If Muhammad's faith and the way that he wants to live his life is so ingrained in who he is, and the same with Eve, those two things will not go together at all. I don't care how cute they are when it's the two of them and Theron. Overall, my favorite moment of the whole episode was Theron at Ninja Class, the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But everything else about them screams disaster. Yes. No, I mean, and, and this has been the, the song we've been singing for the whole season with them is that they need to just not be a thing. They can both be happy with different people in different lives because this is not it. So we're going to get not a lot of those two talking to each other quite a bit, maybe on the car ride home, but we do start 70 days to wet. So again, they've only been through 20 days on this show. They're really taking their sweet time with these two. We have not made any progress, but Theron's ninja class was by far the best they've looked. Um, it was, it's, and anytime I see Theron around Muhammad, I can't help but smile. I do, I will say he's very good with Muhammad. Uh, and Muhammad's very good with Theron, might I add. Um, so that's good. I enjoyed that. But the car ride home is where the drama really begins for this episode. We'll sink our teeth there now. And, Okay, wait, hold on. No, no, no. If any listeners out there know where an adult can take a ninja class, sign us up. I'm so in. That looked like so much fun. It did. Just you know, jumping around. I do you think so? We we learned that Theron really likes parkour as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could parkour? Do you think that's in your wheelhouse? Ooh, I think I would need a lot of practice. And maybe if the walls were like a foot or two high, then yes. Anything taller than that, I'm out. I could hang out at a park or somewhere else, but that's just me. Boo. How boo, dare you? Boo. How dare Don't you boo me with my own mechanism? Boo. No, no. Um, okay, let's get in the vehicle. Let's go home now. So they're on the way home, and Eve tells Muhammad, listen, I think we're going to have to push the wedding for at least another month. And Muhammad's like, why? Why would you do this? And she oh. says, well... The venue that I wanted. What did you say? <laughs> Not the Muhammad impression. I can't with the way his voice. His voice sounds like track pants rubbing against each other. It's just like shush, 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 shush. <laughs> I can't. Um, Liana, their venue got moved. So right. she would like to change, find a new venue. The venues are getting scooped up one by one. And he says, you know, we could just have it in the backyard. I don't mind. I. He says he wants to be allowed to work. He wants to start getting a job. He wants to contribute. And also he wants to go back and visit his mom, which he clearly cannot do. As we know, 
what the documentation uh, restrictions are when you are in the 90 day process. Yes. Which, okay, I get that. I totally understand. So then figure out some type of compromise. So both of you can get what you want, or maybe it's only back a month. Okay. That's only going to set you back one more month. Yes. Those four weeks are going to be hard, but you're making a sacrifice for your partner because clearly Eve wants to have it at a venue. The other option is go tomorrow to the courthouse, get married, then have a ceremony later. Like, I don't understand why this is something that they can't do because I, and I don't know. Eve obviously like cares a lot. I only want to get married once. And so maybe there's this like big emotional hang up about it. But I feel like that Yo could mom. totally work. So then that way he could uh, still apply for everything and get that process going because you have to have the marriage certificate to apply for the adjustment of status. Right. Which, like you said, I think the best move for them as a compromise is listen, we courthouse it. No one even really needs to know about it. We just courthouse it. We do our adjustment of status stuff. And then we still look for a venue and do our marriage the way you want to do it. And that works fine. But I do think there's some level of attachment for Eve where doing the courthouse thing takes away from the moment at the ceremony. So it technically doesn't count. So I feel like that's something that's going into it. And Muhammad's frustrated, clearly. And then Muhammad throws a little jab and says, maybe you don't want to get married. Maybe that's not what you want to do. Which, that's so that's not even what she's saying. She's saying that she wants to have a nice wedding because she loves you and she only wants to get married once and she wants it to be nice. And it's not her fault that the wedding venue backed out like she's doing everything she can. That was so, uh, so rude. It is. It's again, this goes more into the fact that the two of them have not communicated because this is a priority for her and a priority for him is working and going being able to go back and visit family which is also Mm -hmm. valid. Like they both have Mm -hmm. valid priorities, but you've not talked about it and you're not willing to, to buckle. None of you are willing to compromise on something. So you're going to have a bad time. That's not going to be a great moment. Uh, She does tell him, you know, take into consideration that she wants this to be special. That's what she wants from him. Obviously that's not happening. We go into the next scene, Liana. It's five days since this interaction. So we're 65 days away. Now, Muhammad has a little bicycle. And it reminded me of someone I hold near and dear to my heart with, with their bike. <laughs> How dare you? When I saw him like biking around, I was like, oh, that's what I look. Is that what I look like? And he's yes. got his little helmet. I'm like, yes. oh, no, I look like such a dork. Yeah, uh, Liana bike bikes to work. to work. Yeah, for context. Gas is freaking expensive. And okay? parking's expensive. And parking's expensive. So if I have to look like a dork for, you know, 20, 25 minutes a day, so be it. Yeah, so he bikes. He tells us that he the one thing he's happy he does have is his bike because the bike allows him to go to the gym and it allows him to go to the mosque. I also should have added a precursor. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this. There are fireworks going on <laughs> yeah. all around us today. If you hear any in the background, that's what it is. Um, America. Happy 4th of July to those of you who are so celebrating. Great. Yes. Um, so he go. He tells us gonna, he goes to the gym, goes to the mosque. And then I thought he's going to go to one of these places. No, he's going to a coffee shop to meet up with Rafe, who he met at the mosque the last mm-hmm. time we saw him at the mosque. So Rafe is the only person he really has in the States that he feels comfortable talking to. So naturally, I knew some stuff's going to get spilled here. What did you think about Rafe and the interaction they had together here? Okay, I have to say, and this is maybe jumping too far ahead, but it was at the end when Ra- Rafi, is that his name? 
It's Rafe. I don't think it's Rafi. Rafe. Rafe. Okay. Yeah. I forgot to write it down. He is giving a confessional. And this to me was very enlightening because he talked about how Muhammad has lived a sheltered life. He's not sure he's realized what he's gotten himself into. Yes. And if that's the friend who theoretically can relate the most to understanding somewhat of what Muhammad is going through, at least that was very indicative to me. And we could have probably have told you that from the beginning of mm-hmm. Muhammad just wanting someone to take care of him. And then it's sort of taken this like other turn with the, you know, imposing some of his beliefs and that kind of stuff. But that that confessional told me a lot. Yes. And I feel like, you know, the additional thing that Rafa does mention, uh, he's like, yeah, he's lived a sheltered life from what he feels like, you know, he lost his dad early. So it's pretty much been him and his mom and he's been, he's been taking care of his mom. So clearly that's something that I don't think he has thought about when he left, how hard that was going to be to, remove himself from being a someone who's like in either in the care of his mom or giving care to his mom so that's definitely something that he is finding to be difficult here and then all the other things that we've talked about at nauseam at this on this podcast about how he struggles with with eve and with the life that he's in now and the lack of compromise etc so the other thing that Muhammad tells Rafi, aside from the fact that, you know, he can't worry, he says, I have dreams and I have a responsibility. And when he talks about wanting to take care of his mom, he does end up welling up, Liana. Okay, but it was interesting to me that that's what he sees as his responsibility. He didn't see his responsibility as taking care of Eve and Theron. That was never mentioned, which is fine. Being wanting to take care of your parents is a good thing, right? Yeah. I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing. At the same time, you now also have a family and you don't have to be the primary provider, but you do need to in some way support them. It doesn't have to be financially, but in some way you need to support your chosen family. And the fact that that wasn't listed, the way that he he called Eve a sponsor and then, well, maybe I can just find a new sponsor. Also red flag. Also not how that works. I mean, it seems like he just wants to get married so that he can work and travel. And then, like, it didn't seem to have anything to do with the actual relationship with Eve. I think also a bit of it is, you know, it's 65 days to wed, which means, let's do the math here real quick, 25 days he's been here. So I think part of him is also dealing with that early travel jitters, where, yeah. for example, when I first moved, um, I was excited. I was happy, but about like a week, week and a half, two weeks in, I really felt a little bit lost in that I'm in a new place. I don't know anybody. I can't work. Like I don't have anything going for me. So you start thinking about times and places where you've had things going for you. And it's like, oh, maybe I travel here. I do this. I do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit part of it, but I 100% agree with you. The wording of, you know, talking about sponsors, talking about specifically supporting his mom, I, you know, part of me thinks, does he see it as well? Right now, I'm not working and we're doing fine here. Like Eve has enough money to take care of Theron, mm-hmm. me, everything's good. So if I work, it's bonus money that can go towards my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. And that's the thing is, is that when you went through the process and when everybody goes through this process, you're literally upending pretty much every everything of your life. Yes. Where you live, your friends, your family, your day-to-day schedule because you are not doing the work that you used to do because you can't, right? One, because of proximity or even if you work remote, you like physically can't work when you enter the United States. And that is, especially for me as someone who lives on routine, I can't even imagine how jarring that would be. So 
I always try to have empathy to remind, like, remember that the people who are coming to the United States are having to undergo that extreme life change. But the reason you're moving is for your partner. Mm -hmm. So while, yes, I can empathize with that, the wanting to travel and go back and see his mom, of course, of course, of course. At the same time, you also need to recognize your new responsibilities and your new relationship of why you move. Yeah, I definitely, definitely, definitely feel like I, you know, the, it's one of those things where if anyone's listening to this and is interested in taking this journey or is in the process of taking this journey, there is a lot of things you need to think about before you do it. One of the things you need to think about and kind of marinate in is because, for example, you talked about being in routine and that would put you in a bad spot if you if you have no routine. I'm someone who didn't really live on routine. So I, that part was fine. But the parts I didn't realize was how difficult I was going to how difficult it was going to be for me to come to terms with. Okay, I'm fine without routine, but a lot of the staples that I was around, I was surrounded with. I didn't realize how dependent on them I was and how much mm -hmm. they um, helped shape my daily and make me feel good. Not necessarily routine, but like, you know, just having some friends on call because um, I just felt I wasn't really like going out all that much. But, you know, just having the people around you, stuff like that. I feel like that was heavy when I first like moved. But, and I think for us also, you have to add in the factor that we were in complete lockdown and it was just mm -hmm. the two of us and we were home all the time. So I feel like that also like, um, not necessarily made it worse, but kind of put that made that point even bigger and made that gap feel a lot stronger. Right. So, yeah. I mean, the thing yeah. is, it, uh, what I noticed with you is I was like, well, you can still call those people, but it still somehow felt different to you. So I don't know if that's what like other people are going through as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so so, so, so. Uh, that was the end of the Even Muhammad saga here. The next time on, we see more of Muhammad being upset and saying he has dreams. And if so, I have dreams. He's like, well, my dreams are, I have these dreams I need to have. I want to work or I will go to Egypt. And she says, well, then go. And then the show's Muhammad walking away, making it seem like he's leaving. And there's <laughs> yeah, tears. <laughs> so he's not going anywhere. Come on. Yeah, he's this. not. This is like the Ari pregnancy scare all over again. He's not yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Okay. So that's it for even Muhammad. Let's go to a couple that we're once again not going to see a lot of. They're going to keep it short and sweet. Emphasis on the sweet. Let's go over to Karen Guillermo, Liana. Yeah, this is my second favorite moment from the episode after the ninja class was Guillermo <laughs> saying, This is not my first rodeo about a rodeo like i i i genuinely want to know if he knows that phrase of oh this isn't my first rodeo about other things other right like that's rodeos. a phrase that people will say that it's not their first time doing something yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know for some reason that like really made me laugh but you know we we do hear a little bit more about his brother's passing and so then that sort of reshifts and reframes how at least kara is really thinking about their relationship and they right. end up going to the rodeo. They're spending time together. They're having fun. And then they talk about what they're going to do for the wedding. Right. I feel like um, this was a very interesting trajectory that they're on right now, because unlike the other couples we've spoken about so far, they're 21 days away. They're three weeks left on the 90 day visa. So they're like zoomed into the end of the storyline here with them. I told you they would be boring. 
you nailed it. You called it. And, you know, in my little spreadsheet that I have for the power rankings in the corner, I have written balloon watch 2K22 from when you first came on the pod. And that only came up once, Liana, in the entire season. We've only seen it one other time aside from the first episode. Well, think about how many computers they could buy if she was really getting her balloon on. But it, it the one conversation that she had with the, one of her friends made me feel like she was really trying to go for the real estate thing. But I don't know if that's going on. But you know what? They just they they just don't need to think about money anymore. They're just going to live their lives. Yeah, that's all they you know, that's you know, they're just going to chill, live off vibes. Vibes will put food on the table. A lot of couples exercising this vibes right mm-hmm. in this season, truthfully. Um, well, because the biggest the biggest thing for them, right, was that Guillermo wanted a bigger wedding. Cara was like, we can't afford a big wedding. They went to the venue. He realized how expensive it was. Mm-hmm. But even though they have a small amount of money, they still feel like it's worth it. Why, why are we planning for our future? Let's just live in the moment instead. A very beanie attitude to have. Just live <laughs> in the moment. Is that me you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No one's going to know who Beanie is. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even, I don't want to talk about uh, pet names. Anyway. Um, so yeah, just, just living in the moment. That's, that's what they're going to go with. They're going to pull the Jabri strategy. Yes, definitely the Jabri move. Well, I think that, you know, Guillermo losing his brother really for both parties made it, made them realize we can't like plan too far into the future mm-hmm. because the future isn't guaranteed. The present is. So we need mm-hmm. to be present in this relationship. We need to celebrate everything like not now in like a rush, but you know, celebrate as we go on and, and mm-hmm. be happy every day if we can. So I feel like that's kind of put things into perspective. So they've kind of agreed now to find something in the middle for the wedding venue, not like the right. most big lavish thing, but also not a, let's just go to the courthouse and throw 40 bucks down and leave. I mean, here's the thing. You can I, you can rent a park structure for like 50 bucks. She can get a dress. Uh, I think my dress that I wore to our wedding was like $13. You can get a cheap dress. You can get a, you know, a $10 bouquet of flowers. You can make your own balloon store. arch. You, is she exactly. And, and then you can deduct it. Assuming that she's a small business, deduct your own balloons, just charge yourself, right? For your own wedding. Mm-hmm. There's a way to do it on a couple hundred bucks, you know? And then maybe you have a picnic and you invite people and you say BYOB, BYOF, you know, like j- y- oh, there, there are ways to do Yeah. There's ways to do it where it can be something very small. People understand you don't have much money, whatever. They just want to celebrate your love, right? So there's definitely a way to do it that it doesn't end up being that expensive. So I, I do appreciate the mindset of like, we need to, you know, enjoy the moment and all of that. But also, d- please don't blow your $6,000 on a wedding. Right. I feel like they won't. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know how much yeah. of it they will spend, though. I, I, don't I could, how, I could yeah. see a couple of K leaving the bank. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how Emily they're going to be about the situation. I just don't want them to waste money that they don't have. No, the, uh, we got a backup venue in case this venue didn't pan out or it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I booked a backup venue. Don't worry. We can just return it. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. So the next time on with them, uh, once again, Guillermo, very upset that Kara is treating him like a kid. And this is happening allegedly two days before the wedding is what Kara tells us. They're going to fight over being treated like a kid once again, Liana. This has been the biggest drama point of this couple this whole season. 
yep. And uh, I honestly foresee that probably being an issue for a lot of their relationship until yes. they're able to sort of work that out. That is a repeated it and that's the thing is is that it's always they're always having the disagreement about different things but it's the same pattern of disagreement right and that to me indicates that okay this is ingrained in how the two of you interact with one another Mm -hmm. y'all gotta start working on this like yesterday but i think it's going to be a work in progress for a long long time with exactly and well, and that's the thing is, is that because I think it's so ingrained in how they interact with one another, it is just going to take time. I mean, part of the fact is Kara's in her home country. She's six years, seven years older than Guillermo. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of these two inherently ingrained things. She's the current provider for the family that creates this like interesting dynamic between the two of them. So I th- honestly, I think they're going to be fine, but they do have to think about that method of communication. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Now, we're going to move on to another couple. We already mentioned this is a couple that we have talked about before, but you have not talked about this season. It is, of course, Ari and Biniam, Liana, 36 days away from the journey ending here. What are your thoughts been on Ari and Biniam this season? I, I so don't care about them. Like, at all. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm so over it. I don't want to see them on my TV screen anymore. And that's so hard for me then to like give a crap about them. I just, I just don't want to see them on my TV screen anymore. And that's now, my general thought. <laughs> is it because, and I'm going to give you a couple options here. Is it because they're boring you? You're annoyed by them or because we've seen every single thing they disagree or argue about 15,000 times on other seasons. It is all of the above. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. I'll, I'll take every single one of those. We've had the conversations about the the more kids, the 10 babies specifically. Okay, sure. That's new this episode. Uh, the Alejandro getting in the middle of the relationship. We've seen that before. Uh, you know, just like everything we've seen from them. And I don't care. And we're going to see it once again because... Yay! Let's yeah. talk about it. My Woo! favorite couple. <laughs> so Leandro's still in in the city. We find out this episode that he's about to leave. It's like he's on his like last couple days in um, the Princeton area before he heads back to, we believe, Indiana, where he yes. did his doctorate, right? No, he's doing his PhD. So he's working towards his doctorate. That is correct. Yeah, see, I had it, right? Oh, I thought you said he got his doctorate. No, Just no, kidding. no. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's in the physics department. I looked at his LinkedIn. He's in condensed matter and material physics. So when Benny, Benny was like, for me, he's a nerd. I was like, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Not science on science roasting here. Crime. I know. Look, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do we make fun of the physics majors? Sometimes all the time. The math majors even more so. But we all get along in the end. Oh, perfect. I mean, that's uh, listen, as long as there's harmony. In the science community, I'm happy for all of you because I am not in the science community. I guess I'm adjacently in the science community through you. Yeah, I guess so. I think when you go through your PhD, you understand the abuse. And so it's like we bond through trauma. Yeah, my the furthest I can go with science is that um, the sign for potassium is K. That's good. OK, mm-hmm. nailed it. Potassium. All right. So <laughs> we move on. Um, so last episode, we saw they had the Ethiopian New Year celebration. And in the middle of all that, Ari invited 
Leandro to go wedding dress shopping with her, her mom, and her sister. And Binion was like, uh, what? Why, why does he need to be there? I feel like that makes no sense. So anyway, uh, no one cares about your opinion here, Binion, because Leandro's coming over and they're going to go wedding dress shopping. That's the plan. But Ari comes out of the bathroom. He's feeling a little nauseous. And I did bring this up to Kirsten last week with the next time on. Leandro says, listen, this might be a bit of an intrusive question, but, you know, when did you last have your period? And Ari's face drops. She is terrified. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. And she needs a pregnancy test now, Liana. We are in the pregnancy scare portion of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was resolved after the commercial break. So that's fine. Um, yeah. I, I, okay. Here, here's what I'm going to say because I know there's been a lot of conversation about like, where does Leandro, like, where does he fit in terms of this relationship? Obviously, we see Benny say, oh, I don't like him spending time with uh, Ari because I don't trust him. You know, they've had their whole like, choking each other in multiple episodes now thing. I don't know what Ari and Alejandro's relationship looks like now. Okay. But I think if, if, if he was just a close friend, I don't think that anything that Leandro did in this episode or the previous episode would be bad. Him going dress shopping, him asking about the pregnancy, because to be honest, that's what I would do with a, with a friend of mine. If they were like, I'm not feeling nauseous. And the way that I think that he, Leandro interacts is he, I think he's ultimately trying to be respectful, a little bit shady, but ultimately respectful. Like he even prefaces with, I'm going to ask you maybe a too intrusive question. Is this the like, but is this the case? Like he he's I think he's he's genuinely trying. And I'm not really bothered with him being in the relationship, but clearly like Vinny doesn't appreciate it. So because of that, Ari has to mediate and she does a horrible job doing that. Yeah. By no means am I sitting here and saying Leandro's the shady like Leandro is at fault here because Leandro's doing what's asked of him, which is be a friend to Ari, and he is friends with Ari. So He's going to be there for his friend. However, given how vocal Binium has been towards not really vibing with Leandro, not wanting Leandro to be as involved, it is it does fall on Ari to make the decision of, okay, my husband really isn't feeling good about this. He, you know, whatever he has insecurities or he just doesn't like him, whatever, the, whatever the reason is. You make that conscious decision then of. Okay, I will try maybe respect his decision, limit the limit this or oh, he really didn't want the wedding dress thing. Well, he's my friend, but I'll ask him not to be there for that. Um so for this relationship and where Binny stands, I do feel like I can see why there's out of line feelings about all this and why the internet might not be happy with Leandro. For sure. But I think it should fall on Ari's um hands and not on Leandro's because Ari's the one ultimately that has to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if, if it's a, if, if her relationship with both of these men is very important, don't make comments like, oh, I guess my ex-husband knows me better than my future husband. Yeah. Like, what was that all about? Feeding into his insecurity. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Do you want them to even be friends? You said that at the pancake place where you didn't even order pancakes. You got wraps instead, which why would you go to a famous pancake place? If you're not going to get <laughs> pancakes, but whatever. It's just, it, yeah, her behavior has been driving me insane. Yeah, I, I do not love that at all. So then, obviously, um, Ari is going to stay home. 
but needs a pregnancy test. Binium can't drive. So Leandro offers to drive Binium to the pharmacy to get it, which I thought was a nice gesture from Leandro because obviously Binium doesn't need to be there because Leandro is the one that can drive, but it would be weird if Binium has to also stay home. I feel like so offering to take Binium to do it is great. Mm -hmm. Um, They go, they get the pregnancy, they come back, spoiler alert, she's not pregnant. It's negative, Mm -hmm. but in the car ride on the way home, Binium says, you know, if I have 10 babies, I'm happy. And Leandro says, well, I don't think Ari wants to have 10 babies. And they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And Leandro's like, well, okay, we'll ask her when we get home. We'll see. We'll see how she really feels. And this is where I was like, Leandro, I don't think you should bring this up. Even if you think you're right, right? Don't do this. Because I don't love that conversation. Like if I am in a if I'm in his shoes, right? If I am friends with my ex and the partner is clearly not vibing with me, and Leandro has to know that Ari uh, Binium doesn't really vibe with him because he's mentioned it in confessional before. The last thing I want to do is win a battle of, well, no, my answer was right. Cause like, what does that do for me? It does nothing. It just shames the, the, the partner. So I didn't love that. Um, quite frankly. So but- what I, the way that I understood the conversation, it didn't even feel like he was trying to instigate anything or like win an argument. He was like, I hear when you know two people who are in a relationship and I hear one say one thing and I hear another saying something different and they're clearly not on the same page. Maybe I'm too intrusive in relationships, but I would like prod them to have that conversation with one another because I would think I'm helping (laughs) now. (laughs) Is that too much? Am I actually helping? But what is bigger to me is the fact that they've never had this conversation that Ari and Vinny have never had a conversation. I mean, Vinny has this absolutely super fun trait of not being open and honest with Ari, which really just is super helpful in terms of the relationship. So the fact that he hadn't told Ari that he wanted 10 kids, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so he, him wanting to have such a big family. And again, this is one of the Binium oversights where he does live in the clouds quite a bit. He has seen firsthand how Ari is stressed about their financial positioning with one kid. So the idea of 10 kids is, is wild in that aspect, but he's not really put any thought into that beyond. I would like that. I would like a big family. Well, so, what I'm, what I don't understand, because is he now working? Because I know Ari said that she's working. She's doing like the social media thing well, or whatever. He still can't. Te- he's not married yet. Right. Technically. They still haven't gotten ma- Oh my God. Yeah. Bored. <laughs> this is why this is Rob's least favorite franchise of the bunch because we're just it's all about getting to the marriage which means one half of the partnership isn't doing a lot outside of causing the other person some stress maybe in this scenario <sighs> yeah okay well I die whatever I'm over them okay well okay so then it's negative and uh, Ari's very relieved because they're not financially stable um, no, sorry, sorry. Leandro says he's relieved because they're not financially stable and don't communicate. So Leandro says this on the way out when he's leaving to go back to Indiana, and then they go to the pancake house. So I have the menu up here, Liana, for PJ's pancake house. Oh, I texted my dad. Um, okay, hold on, let me see what he said. So I said, "Is PJ's pancakes in Princeton famous?" He goes, "It's well known to me." 
And then he said, <laughs> maybe infamous dot, dot, dot laughing face emoji. What? What does that mean? I don't mean? know. Do you think I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at their menu and indeed they have a PJ's famous pancakes portion of the menu, which mm-hmm. is just a bunch of pancakes. And then they have an eggs and omelet section of the menu. Then there's breakfast classics and they do have a huevos ranchero wrap, which I'm assuming is what they ended up getting because they had wraps. Do they have a mug of bacon? No, that's not. That's only the diner you and I went to for uh, that weekend. We got away. Yeah. (laughs) Leonic brought a mug home because we were able to buy the mug and the mug came with bacon in it. (laughs) Who wouldn't want a mug of bacon? I mean, it sounds great. Muhammad? 2012 me was losing his... <laughs> Muhammad would 100% be like, no thanks. Bilal, same thing. No thanks. Oh, yeah. Shaida, no thanks. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we should take a trip. You want to go down? Uh, To PJ's Pancakes? Mm-hmm. Only if we can sit at the same booth they did and look at the um carvings on the table to see if they wrote their names on it. Okay, deal. Alright, and then do we carve? Are we allowed to carve our names on or we have to be sneaky about it? Well, it's unclear because it, they didn't seem like they carved their names. No. She just talked oh. about how you can carve your name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's six locations in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So we don't even have to go to the Princeton one if we don't want to, but we should. We should, That's we should. the original. We got to go to the... Actually, you know what? I don't think they went to the... I feel like the ba- the outside they showed... I'm looking at the one that's in Princeton, New Jersey. I don't think it was the same front. I don't know. I'm not going to... CSI the location that seems like okay yeah no good let's spend 10 more minutes of the podcast nailing this down I mean I know you love Ari and Binium so it would just be me doing you a favor you know yes (laughs) (laughs) so we find out that she's never brought Leander to PJ so you feeling special yet Binium this is only for you okay (laughs) Um, (laughs) so we find out that Binium feels like Leander's in his space he feels like Leander's just around him constantly and like he doesn't like how involved he is so he's not a fan of that um and he also tells Ari later that you know he feel he wishes they had more time to make the decision of where they want to be and what they want to do because the 10 kids thing comes up again and Ari's like yeah I can't do 10 kids and Binium's like you can I don't know uh Binium get back to me when you have a couple kids come out of you then tell me you can do 10 like that is if someone tells you they can't, you listen, okay? Yeah, well, from the physical perspective of actually birthing 10 children, but then also the financial burden of yes. having, you know, 10 total kids. Although I did see a comment on Reddit that was like, well, TLC has, you know, it's like 90 Day Fiance, people that are super obese, giant broods of children. So maybe they're hoping, he's hoping to like get their own show with their That would be children. so dull. I don't want to follow huh. it. Yeah, no, I know. But it's one it's of those things where if they, at this point, given how much they've been on, they've been a part of the history of me covering the, the 90 Day franchise on this podcast. If they are, I have to talk about it. Aww, no, you don't. Don't yeah, worry, also, it's if, happen. If you've made it an hour into this podcast, we will be talking about Love in Paradise at the end of this podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm, I did forget to bring it up at the beginning, but you know what it is. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I will say, so you know how... Um, Ari says, I can't do 10 kids. Binny says, you can. There was a point where Binium said, I don't like Leandro. And she's like, yeah, I don't think you don't like him. I think you don't know him. 
I was like, I don't know, Ari. He had him in a chokehold. Like, I don't think he likes him. Like, it's clear to me. I mean, he doesn't like him because he's an ex that's close. Like, and and also they have kind of that like weird ending of their relationship where it was like they were still married and she like ran away and yeah. Uh, so obviously there's like unfinished business, and I totally get if you're a third party looking in, you're like, that's some messed up nonsense. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. This isn't normal, right? So it may take you a little bit longer to understand. But also, Benny and and Leandro are so freaking different. Like, dude, you have a PhD candidate in physics and Vinny, the MMA fighter. I don't know. They just seem like very different people. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not loving that. I'm not loving that. I yeah, I simply do not see the two of these. Like, Imagine a world where these the two people that get their spinoff is actually Biniam and Leandro. And this is like four years from now. Um, and, and Benny and Leandro are just, they move in together as like two singles. <laughs> that sounds like a horrible sitcom. It really does. It's like Big Bang Theory meets some other show. It's like a Big Bang Theory. So again, this is only because he's Good. a physicist. <laughs> like, I don't know what the, what the show is. <laughs> and you said sitcom. I thought a Big Bang Theory. When he gets a postdoc at MIT and Benny moves in across the hall from him and they have a, you know, the Benny Penny parallel yeah i can see it <laughs> the binny petty parallel is a wild <laughs> phrase <That's> okay <laughs> all right so there's nothing else really to talk about the Aryan binny I'm yeah i'm done here. i'm over okay. it uh did the well yeah <laughs> unlucky for you this <laughs> next week isn't the episode you're on because they've got a bye week next week so haha <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right, Liana, what, let's take one more break here. When we get back, we'll talk about the last two couples of the evening. That's Bilal and Shaida and Jibri and Miona. All righty, we're back. Bilal and Shaida, next up on the list. Liana, when we first met them, when you got to talk about them on this podcast, Bilal was deep in his first prank on Shaida by driving her to the old house and pretending it's the new house. What have your thoughts been on on Bilal and Shaida since? I'm very curious. People want to know. I don't know how this man consistently out douchebags himself every single week. I don't even know. It's amazing. It genuinely is a skill. And even in this episode, he's like, yeah, the people that I love leave me. Yeah? Yeah? Why? Why do you think that is, Mr. Hashtag blessed? Hashtag be grateful? Okay? Uh, the trapping her on the Ferris wheel with the prenup, bro, are you kidding me? And now he's like moping around the house because she is trying to protect herself in the same way that he's trying to protect him. I, I, I he is a real piece of work. He really is that and then some. I mean, it's outstanding. And I use that word negatively how he's been able to do this every episode with something new. And this episode's no different. So when the episode starts initially, it's 50 days to the wedding or to the end of the journey here. And we hear that there's been some tension since the trip. Shaida suggests some family yoga and would like some family yoga to, to happen potentially to, you know, bring the mood up here. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? Sure, right. I get it. Shaida is also, she's trying so hard. I love this woman so much. Mm-hmm. She's trying to, let's take, take advantage of the great day. Let's do yoga. You'll feel better. It will, we as a family will get to do it again. They're doing yoga outside. And I think 
most of the time, this would be perceived as like very nice and playful. Bilal is being a little bit disrespectful with the like messing with the class, you know, them not taking it seriously, but whatever, they're kids, who cares? They end up, the kids you can see in the background, like fighting each other with their rolled up yoga mats. It's not like <laughs> the kids are going to be like chilling in Savasana for a long time, whatever. Yeah. But to me, it was the hypocrisy of when Shaida had like a play tap on his head and Bilal is like slapping his kids while they do yoga. Like, I'm sorry, that's playful, but when Shaida does it to you, it's like completely disrespectful and absolutely the most abhorrent thing that anyone could ever do. And then when they finish the yoga session, he's when they're having the conversation after the kids run off, Bilal even starts to again lecture her. He start and I wrote down the exact quote. He goes, sometimes you do and say things that, and then she cuts him off. Can we just kiss and make up? Because he was about to lecture her again yeah she was ready to just listen let's just kiss shut up i'm not here for a uh Bilal talk aka a ted talk not here for that right now please and thank you yeah and well uh, <laughs> go ahead and then later she has to deal with the Bilal x talk like a <laughs> well done well done that's good no you had it you didn't need to explain it you were solid okay. Okay. <laughs> Bilal X you get it because Bilal had yeah, another marriage and, and that's yeah, the and ex-wife it's, it's yeah. his ex and then she's come to have a conversation it's like and there's also like Ted X and Ted Talk alright lovely thanks for the yeah. dissertation you're Dr. welcome Boris. I mean that's right me and Leandro <laughs> great company truly <laughs> I love them. Okay. So yeah, we can just skip to the next scene with, uh, specifically Shaida because Bilal is nowhere to be seen. It's three days since the family yoga session and Shaida has a visit from Shahida. Shahida is the ex of Bilal. Shaida is the fiance of Bilal. They sound very similar. I'm sure there's going to be some confusion. So I think moving forward here, how about we say Shaida and we say, his ex would that be better okay. or do you think we should just try and go with the, with her name i i i don't know we'll the, play whatever, it as we go whatever along you, whatever you want to do look here's here's the thing for me okay this is where when i think about leandro i'm like oh as an ex you're not so bad because when shaida <laughs> shaida was like yeah Bilal's ex-wife just she came she seems she comes in with an attitude she doesn't want to make eye contact like i think Shaida is genuinely trying to, I think she has good intentions. I think she mm -hmm. recognizes that it's important that they have a good relationship because they do co-parent and she is somebody who, you know, is going to be in Bilal's life. Uh, and then for the, the ex-wife to just come in, like she says, with an attitude, it's like, really? Are, are you guys just all having some, is this another prank? Is it just, can we make her life as tough as possible? Right. And, and I'm curious like this energy was just wild to me so yeah so the Bilal's ex Shahida comes in and really 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 has an agenda very clearly mapped out and she you know wants essentially wants to get the point across to Shahida that I'm very stern with my kids my kids mean the world to me I'm here to protect my kids future that's what I care about so because I care about their future and because I have a vested interest in them I'm here to specifically talk to you about the um the prenup that I've heard you've been given to potentially sign. And it's wild to me. 
that that oh and also actually let me add this uh the ex also does mention that she's a little bit upset with Bilal that Bilal should have scheduled a meeting with the two of them earlier and that it hasn't happened yet but the ex says I'm coming from a place of protecting my kids and their generational wealth <laughs> generation do you generational wealth Bilal generational wealth I mean, I guess Bilal is a generation that he would be passing on to the kids. Technically. He talked about how he didn't come from money, so it would have been all the money that, like, he built. But Technically, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, um, I actually, I mean, I have no problem with having your partner sign a prenup. I actually don't, like, I... To me, I don't see that as like inherently an issue. It's the way that people go about communicating, yes. like what it is that they want, why they want 100%. it. You can include whatever you want really in a prenup, right? So like, and that's the thing is what really pisses me off about Bilal is the fact that like he's he's doing this to protect him. Yes. He's not doing it to protect them. No, so, the kids are and, an excuse in this. I think I think so. And then also, yeah, the whole thing with her wanting to include, well, then I would like a time frame to have children. But the fact that he won't even like have that conversation with her, that weirds me out. I don't know. That's a red flag. It makes me feel like what if he had a secret vasectomy or something like that and he's not telling her. And that's why he gets like super freaked out about it every time it comes up in conversation. I don't know. Who knows? We're just theorizing here, people. <laughs> I just I can't I can't I can't I can't with them. Yeah, I feel like um, the other thing that uh, Shahida says, that, uh, Shahida the ex, of course, says, um, yeah, you know, uh, generational wealth, you're not here for, I want to know you're not here for just what he has. And Shahida very well, like, does not react because I would have been very offended at this accusation. Um, she says, but she's been dealing with this the whole time. The whole time. So to be able to keep it under wraps, like I would have, I would have been not, an, I would have been done with this at this point. He doesn't even have curtains. What do you think I want from him? <laughs> You're still on the curtains. His stupid blessed <laughs> pillow. I can't. Ugh. Be grateful, Liana. Come on now. Okay. Um, but that, yeah, Shaida says, you know, I have a whole, I had a whole life in Trinidad, a whole a studio, a new, there's articles, newspaper articles about me. You can Google me, you'll find everything. Um, and says, you know, I understand you have concerns, uh, you know, you're a mother protecting your children. And then this is again where I feel like Shahida the ex kind of phrases it horribly and says, you know, you weren't here for the 10 years, 15 years where he was here to build all of this. And all I'm thinking is just say, you don't want her to take the money because that's what you're saying. I feel like she knew you stand for your kids. She obviously that's very clear. I don't know why you're phrasing it the way you're phrasing it, but I did see a very funny comment on Reddit that was that essentially said, this is the reason this person's the reason why Bilal wants a prenup because he didn't have a prenup last time. <laughs> right? I mean, obviously it's coming from somewhere. What I really wanted Shay to ask is like, so why did you guys get divorced? Right? That would have been such an interesting and telling question. I uh, look the whole just assuming that she's gonna come in and be so hostile. I just don't understand what you're trying to accomplish. Is this an intimidation tactic? Is that what you're going for? She's a grown woman. She's 37 years old. Have some respect. Ugh, it, bo it bothered me. 
no, same. It bothered me to no end because I just, I feel like Shaida has done nothing to indicate that she's in this for, for money. She's in this for any like nefarious purpose. She is here to literally start a life with this man. I don't know why at this point, but that's what she's here for. She wants a family of her own. She wants kids of her own. He is unwilling to have that conversation with her. And then in the next time on, he's brought out a hard copy of the prenup for whatever reason. And all I'm saying is I, I still don't have a guest for next week. So whoever my guest is, we will definitely be keeping our eye on that hard copy and see whether or not that addendum that she suggested is in there. Because if it's not, nope, not having it. Throw that in the fireplace. Throw it in the I fireplace. Mean, so maybe the one thing that they could point at is, you know, when she was brought to the trick house, she, you know, maybe had a bit of a negative reaction. But when we've, you know, and you've talked about this, it's mainly what I could tell her reaction was mainly the fact that he's been putting this front of this nice lifestyle. Is he been lying to me? Right. And that's where I think a lot of the questioning came in. It didn't even seem so much that it was, oh, I, I need wealth. It was mainly just like, there's a moldy ceiling and you've been pretending like you have all this money. So the, it, it ain't, the math ain't math it. And I think that for me seemed to be the biggest issue. So I don't, she hasn't done anything to me that's really demonstrated that like she's totally in it for the money. And I think the kids thing is because she's, look, she's 37 years old. She's invested a lot of time and energy into this relationship. She's moved countries. Of course, she wants it to work out. And I think she does have love for Bilal, even though she shouldn't. But that's fine. That's her choice. And so that's why she's just so invested in trying to make this thing work. Because if I had to put in a, a prenup that we would have kids by a certain age, I, that it would just wouldn't be for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is not how she wants it either, but right, exactly. when you're playing a game of cloak and daggers with Bilal, who's like, I guess smoke and mirrors is probably what I meant to say, not cloak and daggers, but it's just when he's playing in riddles and pranks, like how else mm -hmm. are you going to get someone like that to really open their ears up? It sounds right. like this might be the only way. So we'll see where they go. I think this is, again, another couple that I, maybe after even Muhammad, they're the next couple that I feel like just both of you need to move on because Shaida does not deserve this and Bilal deserves uh, something horrible, uh, someone horrible, because he is putting her through the ringer and she's done nothing wrong but exist. Mm -hmm. So, yep. all right. Good. Yay, we did it. It's it's done. Okay, one more couple here, Liana, and that is Jibri and Miona, who have had a wild roller coaster of a of a relationship on this show here. Yes. So it's actually really funny because, okay, well, look, okay, wait, 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 where do I begin with Jabri and Miona? Uh, they're a disaster, but at least they seem to love each other and have their own sort of weird quirks of why they go along and why and they sometimes they... listen to each other. Yes. <laughs> and I think that they genuinely do want to try to work things out. Mm. I think that especially Jabri's head is just so far in the clouds especially with the conversation that they have at the like i don't know the cheesecake factory or wherever they go for dessert but not dinner just dessert okay and i think he does have at least a loving and supportive grandmother who wants to try to help the relationship work out yeah but they just because they live in the clouds they don't it seems like 
this element of realism of what it's like to actually exist seems to just be completely missing. Yeah, I think I think um, some of the biggest problems with these two has been their lack of communication and then their lack of compromise. But then again, like I said earlier, they sometimes listen to each other because sometimes the compromise does come through as indicated by this episode. Now, 38 days left to the wet, uh, to the journey ending here. Jabri goes on a hike with his grandma and, you know, the grandma says essentially what Mahala and Brian were saying that, you know, I feel like I've not really seen you happy in this relationship. You're not the same person you were. Um, you were this wild, imaginative entrepreneur. I haven't been seeing that. And, and, you know, Jabri says, you know, I want to marry this music. I want to marry this art. This is what I need. And I feel like I'm struggling in this relationship to have that right now because I'm not able to have that space. And then, we kind of yada yada move over to grandma saying, if you decided to get married, would it be okay if I officiated your wedding? And Jabri's like, yeah, of course I would love that. And that was very cute. I liked that quite a bit. Three days. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Jabri doesn't seem to understand the concept of how does one maintain a relationship and have a career at the no, same time? No, he has time. no idea. Like, that seems like too overwhelming for him. He's like, nope, that's too much work. <laughs> I cannot simultaneously have a relationship and make music like what am i like some magical multitasking genius like john would just yell at me and tell me it's multitasking but jabri out here just thinking he can't do both things at the same time and also they've been in a relationship for a long time they've like been together so it's mainly i i mean i think a lot of it is like obviously the stress of their current situation it's something that's not ideal for miona it's something that jabri wasn't clear about so that's mm -hmm. where the stress is coming from it's yeah it's it's a lot <laughs> i he gets more and more annoying to me every single week like he just he's been he's the creative nomad thing just really got me when he's demonstrating his creative nomad ability where he they record like two verses in the studio and then jump around for a long time with the mm. producer that apparently Ooh. was like so tough to get while they're having fist fights with space cash in the background. I just can't take this man seriously. Honestly, I can see why that's very fair. That's very fair. So um, we move into, he takes out Miona for dinner. So it's three days after he talked with his grandma. And obviously this is something that's been weighing on him. We've no, seen dessert. It was just, dessert. So initially they said dessert but then they said eat and I assumed they were going to eat something more hearty. Did you know the food that was brought was like they had a cheesecake some type of malt smoothie thing and then some other dessert food. Well, looks like someone was looking at the plates. Hmm. It, it hmm. looked really good. It, it, it did look really good. Listen you had lie. me a cheesecake I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> So, okay, sorry. So they went for dessert. They went for dessert. Maybe they had uh, corn dogs at home. I don't know. So when it came to the conversation, she, he recaps the grandma talk, everything he talked about with his grandma. And then he starts opening up and saying, listen, I want a lifestyle where we can give each other space. Like if I'm in L if we're in LA, I'm, I'm in the studio for 12 hours. You got to let me be. You got to figure out what you're doing yourself. Please give me that opportunity. Give me that space. And she has a confessional where she says, she understands that this is something he needs for to be able to work on his music because he's not been able to work on his music this last month or so. So she will try and do that for him and be independent on her own. She obviously does tell us that it's hard for her because 
She's in a position where she is in the USA alone. She doesn't have anyone else but him. So she's struggling with that. And she also feels like South Dakota is not her bag. She just hasn't really made any connections here. So we go back to the dessert session. She does tell him, I agree. I will. I will. Let's give that a shot. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to clarify, they seem to be two different types of cheesecake. And what I believe is some type of. I want to say milkshake or malt. One of the two. Okay. I can't identify. Well, there's only one correct type of cheesecake and that's original. Okay, well, one of them has one of them's got like chocolate sauce. Maybe the other one is just some other type of cake because it looks like it's ah. got something inside of it. I don't know. Chocolate. I'll, I'll allow chocolate cheesecake. That sounds great. No, no, it's a regular cheesecake with chocolate drizzles. Yeah, that, I, that's what I meant. I'm okay with that. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm glad that we've answered the most important and outstanding question of this episode. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think. I, I think, if, first of all, just to go back, I think it's really sweet for his grandma to offer to officiate. That's so mm-hmm. adorable. His grandma seems like such great. a great person. I love her. Yeah, yeah, I I do as well. That was really cute. Also, when they were out at dinner, they were marry, wearing matching sweaters, which you and I had a conversation about this on Friday about whether or not we would ever wear matching clothes because I think it was Chappelle who asked mm-hmm. you if we would wear matching clothes. I don't think we would ever go this far. Like, they're no. wearing literally the exact same jacket. Like, we're right. not going to do that, but maybe we would color coordinate, you know? So just to clarify where we stand on that. I feel like color coordinate is the right balance because if we end up getting, like, if we're both going to, like, let's say rock a plaid, if it's the exact same plaid, same color, same pa- that is too much. But well, well, if we're both if rocking you- red, I'm okay with that. Okay, but I would say if I had like a plaid skirt and you had a plaid shirt on, I, I would live with that. That would be that, would be that could be cute. It's not too matchy. It's a little matchy matchy, but it's not too matchy matchy for me. Yeah, not I like you know I never want us to be in a spot where it's like all right, who pulled off the exact same outfit better? Like no, we're not. Yeah, no, that's who, not what who we wore do it better? We're gonna yeah. be in the magazine, the RHAP magazine. <laughs> yeah, look out front page. <laughs> we're coming for you. Ooh, I heard that one. The fireworks yeah, they, are loud celebrating our matchy matchy yeah it's all for us okay here look here here's what really got me is the conversation when jabri is like i want a queen and then she's like well then give me a queen wedding yes (laughs) i loved that rebuttal from her that is like look if this is the type of person that you like do you not see this? But, you know, Jabri is just too busy trying to build an empire to put together a wedding of any sort. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, you know, she says, I'm willing to give that a shot. And then she he does ask, where are you at with the wedding? And she's like, listen, I will not compromise on getting married in South Dakota, but we can do we can elope in California. That's a thing we can do. There's options in Cali. We don't have to have like the most lavish beach wedding. It can be anything. I just do not want it to be in South Dakota. That is my one thing. I don't want it to be here. I don't want to smell the was it the smell the smell the horses or something. Yeah, she wants it, want it, yeah. no snow, right? No snow, yes. Yeah. She wants good weather. And I don't think that is a bad offer from her. She is not asking for the beach wedding. All she says is I do not want to have it here. And immediately Jabri comes out with your stop being selfish. You're being very selfish. And Jabri, come on. She is not okay. being selfish. With How this. about this? How about this for a proposal? Okay. 
fly Miona, Jabri, and Grandma Jabri out to California, go to the beach, get married on the beach because you have grandma, so you're good to go. That's all you need. You spend a night or two out there. Maybe Jabri, because, you know, he's got those 12-hour recording sessions in L.A., record while you're there. Then that way you can deduct the flight and then fly home. Okay? Two birds, one stone. You get married. Grandma's there to officiate. It's super cheap, except for the fact that you're flying out there and maybe a hotel. But still, you can find something cheap. Ta-da! I did it. Liana Solutions coming to an office near you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, this is just an outrageous um, thing for, for Jibri to be annoyed with because she has clearly cut back on what she initially wanted. You can't keep calling her stubborn when she's moved it. She doesn't want South Dakota. She's been very clear about that. And she's still living here, isn't she? So take take this. Take this deal. There's a great deal. The deal's right there. Take it. So I don't understand what his problem is here. Um, and the one other thing is, I will say, I was on his camp a little bit. She kept saying my wedding and he said, stop with the my. And she's like, okay, our wedding. And he said, okay, good. Thank you. So mm-hmm. that, and that's it. That's kind of where we left it with the conversation. Is there anywhere, anything else that you want to say about Jabri and Miona here? Again, just vibes, just living on just vibes. Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> vibes and cheesecake. I, I wanted when da- David, is that the name of his Serbian friend? Yeah. The other guy in the box. Just get a trucking job, bro. He offered it. He was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, you can think of lyrics while you're driving. I don't know if, again, this is the whole multitasking thing that he is like clearly incapable of. Is Miona going to be happy that he has to leave her for large chunks of time? No. But if he can tell her, look, then we'll do the beach wedding. We'll fly, you know, my parents out, whatever, have a little bit of extra money. If you like, let me do this, then she would understand you're creating this compromise situation that will make both of you happy. He just doesn't want to work, dude. I don't, I, I don't know how he spends his time. Like, what do you think they do during the day? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Cause he hasn't been writing music because he's been too busy. I, I don't. I don't know exactly what to to call it because, you know, he doesn't want to be her co-star or whatever he said. It's just simply not compatible. I don't know what this man is doing with his life. That is a great question because I also couldn't tell you. Um, What I can tell you is next time on, uh, we're going to see Miona say, I talked with your mom. It went well. And then it cuts to Brian and Mahala in the next room. What the effing? And it's funny because they're not on the same page at all. So I don't like continues. his parents either. I don't like oh, the parents. Yes. Easy. Uh, Miona has unfortunately grown on me, except for the whole black fishing thing. She has been somewhat better. And grandma is the star of the story. But those are my two thoughts. Yes. And, and more space cash, please. Because what the F is that? Oh, yeah. No, I take that back. Space <laughs> cash is easily the best part. Yeah. I need space cash in a tux as the best man in full metal mask with, with his helmet on with helmet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a picture. All right. One other thing, um, Emily and Kobe, we didn't see them this episode. Next time on Emily's period is late. Oh no. Pregnancy scare volume two, Kobe and Emily this time starring in that feature. Okay. Emily is the worst. Oh, not yeah. the worst. That's not true. But of course, Bilal is the worst. But 
pretty bad. What, what <laughs> really bothers me is the dad and oh, yeah. them being like, oh, yeah, we take no responsibility for our legitimately incompetent and disaster child in Emily. The audacity. We won't do it. It's on you. It's on you, Kobe, for whatever reason. I yeah. just, how can you get a, your child like that and be like, yeah, we did a good job as parents? Oh, for real. For real. Listen, um, yeah, that, that, that's just going to go worse. I mean, again, I feel like they're doing better than some of these other couples at this stage, but that I mean, brings yeah. us over to the power rankings for episode 12, Liana. Now, a reminder. The first, the first time you were here was the first episode. We only had four couples we saw. And in that four couple ranking, we had Jibri and Miona in last place, Bilal and Shaida in third, Emily and Kobe in second, and Karen Guillermo in first place. That's the ah, 12th time. Okay. Okay. So then do you want to start at the bottom or you want to start at the top? See, I typically feel like the bottom's the easier start because we kind of know who our like bottom two are usually. But mm-hmm. if you have a stronger feeling about somewhere else, I'm down to hear it. I want to put Bilal and Shaida last. All right. So Bilal and Shaida, they made it up to sixth place last episode with the full seven cast with even Muhammad taking last spot. This week, they are taking the last spot. I feel like um, Bilal's ex was out of line with how she approached Shaida. I feel like Shaida is not asking for a lot and is just getting accused and blamed for a lot, which I'm, I do not stand for. So I'm okay with this. And I mean, it's it's a tight race between Muhammad and Eve for that bottom slot. But yeah. the the interaction with the ninja class and Theron was just so cute. So I want to give them one, them one little extra point. I agree. I agree. And we put them in fifth. I Again, they're not compatible. They shouldn't be together. And more and more, we're seeing contrast in not only potential like beliefs, ways they want to lead their lives, but even decisions like when should we get married and why? Should we wait? So mm-hmm. we put them at fifth. We see where they go next week. That leaves us with four, Liana. We still have Guillermo and Cara. We have Ari and Binyam. We have Jibri and Miona. And we have Patrick and Thais. I would like to put Cara and Guillermo in first place for me. And yes. then maybe... Vinny and Ari. I don't know. Those top four to me are all kind of interchangeable. Oh, maybe Patrick and Thais would be in fourth. No, I think they're in fourth for me. Easy. Just this whole saga with you didn't tell your dad and then the involvement of John is never a good spot for them. So for that reason, I will indeed want to put Patrick and Thais in fourth. And that leaves us. You said you want Karen Guillermo in first place? They're just so boring. I mean, I, I, I just... The Binny and Ari drama seems manufactured. Mm-hmm. The Car and Guillermo drama is non-existent. So no, that's true. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Out of the two of them, I mean, Binny and Ari also have just been together for such a long time. They have a kid, all of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that means we feel like they're relatively stable. But they would probably be my top two. All right. So yeah, Binny and Ari in second makes sense. That means Jibby and Miona third place. Yeah, I mean, the delusional queens. Let's go. Yeah. Well, you know, I like that they had some needle moving as far as compromise went. That's good. I feel like there's still more work to be had. I feel like next week, Brian and Mahal are potentially going to tank them again in the ranking and push them lower. We'll see where they go. But for now, they're on the podium in third place. 
which gives us our final ranking for this week. In last place, we have Bilal Shaida. Fifth place is even Muhammad. Fourth place is Patrick and Thais. Third place is Jibrian Miona. Runner-up, Arian Binium. And first place, once again, after one week off of the top spot, we have Kara and Guillermo. Yes. Uh, I think I think that makes sense. I mean, look, this has been such a disaster of a season. So we're just trying to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. And Liana, thank you so much for, for doing this with me as we hear fireworks all over the premises here. I know. It's not <laughs> like we got to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how much of it's going to be heard on the pod, but it's been wild out here. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, we do apologize. Liana, thank you so much for coming through. Let the people know what else you have going on. Where else can they find you and all the stuff in between? You can follow me on Twitter at Liana RHAP, podcasting about Drag Race. As Puya mentioned, we're doing All Stars All Winners, which has been a super fun season so far. So highly recommend checking that out. And then I was also on Renap this past week. We did the hot takeoff, which was super fun. Um, Kirsten joins Akiva, Rob, and I to go through everything um, and all of uh, the listeners' hot takes. And then finally, I was on Crime Scene talking about The Janes, which is a documentary on HBO that talks about a group of women in the late 60s, early 70s who performed safe abortions while it was illegal before Roe v. Wade was... Uh, the decision came down. So very topical. Thank you for that, Liana. Really do appreciate it. I had a good time listening to you on the hot takeoff and seeing you try orange juice and Oreo as a food combination. Oh yeah. Puya was featured on the hot takeoff. So if you know, you're interested, check it out. He brought me. Yeah. A small cameo. Yeah. Uh, Y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. Of course you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream three, four times a week. Come through, say hi. It's always appreciated. Uh, right now, 90 Fiance is my main bag, and I will continue to talk about this po- this season until it's done, and then the next season starts. But also, Big Brother 24 is right around the corner. This is premiere week, of course. I will be back to do my live feed updates Friday mornings with Taryn, and also I will be on the draft for the new season, I believe, on Thursday. So tune in for those. Should be a good time. Last but not least, Please, if you may, leave a rating and review for this podcast. It helps people find the podcast. It gives me feedback on what you like, what you don't like. And all of it is very much appreciated. You can do so over on robiswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. So we have reached the destination for today on the Hot Mess Express. And we hope you have a good week. We hope everything goes smoothly. And we'll be back next week on the Hot Mess Express to talk more about all Take care. Have a good one. And if you would like to hear about love in paradise, stay tuned. But for now, bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance podcast. Well, we haven't gone anywhere. We just took a quick break at the end of the pod. Thank you, Liana, for coming on with me to talk 90 Day Season 9, Episode 12. But I'm here to talk to you about a wild show called, well, 90 Day Fiance Love in Paradise. It is a, it's like, 
it's not part of the 90 day franchise. So basically the show is called love in paradise, colon, the Caribbean comma, a 90 day story. And it's somewhat linked from the same franchise, obviously, but I have not watched the first season of this show because obviously while it was happening last year, I was knee deep in the other 90 day shows. Big brother was going on the whole lot. It was a lot going on, but I did see some of you mention that I should be watching the show and you put me onto it. And thank you. Thank you so much. Cause this show is wild. Now I'm going to talk about the first two episodes of season two, and then I'll get up to date and I'll keep you posted. I believe the fifth episode's about to drop. So we're not that far away, but I'm basically going to give you a quick introduction slash crash course into these couples. And then we'll check in on them at the end of the 90 day episodes following from here. There shouldn't be that long of an update, especially because I'm still very unfamiliar with this franchise and I'm, and I'm learning about it. So we end up meeting, I believe three, no, sorry, four couples in the two episodes that I watched. Okay. So the first one is, uh, Danielle and Johan. So Danielle is 42 years old. She's from the U S uh, Johan is 32 years old. There's a 10 year age gap. Now this was interesting because Danielle's story she has now started um following the Ifa tribe religion, which is a lot more spiritual. She's all about her faith, all about her spirituality. And so that's the first introduction they give us to um Danielle. Danielle is, the show is kind of making it seem like she's a very impulsive person. Now, her and Johan have known each other for about five months, been in a relationship for five months in that span of time. They've been together in person for about two weeks worth of time. Um, she wants to, and I believe they're engaged already. So she wants to marry him. She wants to have a baby with him and all these plans. Now, the one thing I want to say about Johan is, and, and, and Danielle is that there's a huge, obviously there's a 10 year age difference, but there's also a huge height difference. Uh, Danielle is four foot, I think 11 and Johan's like six foot some. And my God, if y'all think 90 Day Fiance is graphic about their sexual exploits, Love and Paradise is different gravy. Um, I learned, these are the things I learned about Johan, that he has a penis the size of um, Danielle's arm, that when Danielle and Johan engage in sexual activity, she needs a, she can't move. She needs a day off. She needs, she can't do it. Um, but she loves it. If that makes sense. Very good. Uh, <laughs> what am I doing here? So Danielle is uh, telling her friends now in the, in the first episode, she's telling her friends about her wedding plans and uh, they have no idea Th this, this franchise more so than 90 day. So far, I think three out of the four couples I met do not tell any of their friends what's going on until they're about to do it. So she's telling them about these wedding plans. They're losing their minds. They do not approve. They're like, this is wild. What's going on? Um, you know, the Danielle has a tendency of like, like living head in the clouds and like just kind of like going on impulse. So again, they're trying to fit that narrative in here with, with, uh, Danielle. The other addition here is that, um, Johan does not speak English and Danielle doesn't speak a lot of Spanish. So yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Johan's from the Dominican. Um, and the, the other thing about this show is that they're 45 minute episodes, but they move quick. 
Like we got all this intro and none of them were in the same country. And now by episode two, they're all in the same country. So then the, um, so then now with Danielle making it to, to the Dominican, uh, they start talking about wanting to have babies. They, they, the babies are in the plants. And, uh, like I said, Danielle brings out, she brought a, uh, she brought a cord. She brought some candles and stuff to light up for, to get the energy of the room to match the, uh, for pregnancy. She also brought some stuff that she, and, and I'm very, I, I realize that I may sound very uneducated about the stuff I'm talking about. I am. Um, she brought out some stuff to use because she was like, well, this hotel room, I don't know who's been here before. So I want to use it and like clear stuff up and so on. Um, to, to like make the energy right for, for the sex for the baby. Um, because that's their plan. They want to have baby. Um, also I, th- I think, I believe it was him and, and her who, um, one of the storylines we got when, when Danielle was talking to her friends was that Johan got a, after she left him after the two weeks, Johan got a dollar sign tattoo, which the friends thought was a huge red flag. Cause like they were like, does this mean he thinks that like, you're his sugar mama or whatever? But apparently she complained to him that she didn't like it and he changed it. He got like a tribal tattoo over it or something. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. A dollar tattoo. That was a celebration. Okay. But yeah, so they're very interesting. This is where I leave you with them because there's still a couple other, there's a few more couples I need to discuss here, but I'll, I'll bring back more with episode three, four, and then five. We'll catch up. We're just scratching the surface. I just need you to know that this show is wild and I can't believe I wasn't put onto it sooner. Okay. So that's one couple. The other couple I want to quickly talk about is a couple that I don't know a lot about, but some of you might know, some of you, uh, season one Love in Paradise folks will know. Um, and that is the story of Ariana and Sherlon. So I believe Ariana and Sherlon, if I have it right, they were on last season. And in this, in this saga, uh, Ariana it has a baby now with Sherlon and Ariana and Sherlon don't live in the same country. So Ariana lives in Illinois. Sherlon lives in Jamaica and uh, what's it called? They, they have a baby together and now they're in the process of um, she's going to go to Sherlon, visit Sherlon. And the plan is to, you know, be together with their son, Odin, but they, you know, things are going on there. We don't quite know if it's going to work out. It does feel like she, you know, they did a Skype call and, Ariana was pretty much like, Sherlon, you kind of, you know, you, you got to give me reassurances. I feel like you're only here for Odin. You're not really here for me. And we get the vibe that Sherlon indeed is confirming that in confessional. He said something to the likes of, um, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to be in a relationship with Ariana, but like he's not going to lose Odin in the process. So, uh, yikes. Uh, we'll see how that plays out here. Uh, it's definitely going to get very spicy because now they're going to meet up in person and we'll see what the relationship is and how that goes. Um, we do see a scene of Sherlon going to buy stuff for Odin. What's it called? The, the store clerk was like, Oh, you, do you, you bottle still? Like, no, you need this, buy this, buy that, whatever. So I feel like Sherlon, they, they are making it seem like Sherlon doesn't know what he's doing, which I do get that vibe a little bit. Um, and the story of Ariana and, and the birth of Odin was, was definitely so Odin was a premature birth. And was in the hospital for about two, no, three, it was a three months premature. It was scary. It was scary listening to Ariana retell all this, but luckily they're both healthy. Everything's good, thankfully. So they're a couple that are coming back. So I'm intrigued to learn more about them. 
But I feel like the show focused on the other couples more so. And we'll get there in a second here. So the next couple we meet, okay, is Carlos and Valentine. So Carlos is a man who lives in in a small island, a Colombian island. It's like off the coast. I forget the name of it. Um, also, I'm, I should add at this point, I did not take notes for this show, which I think was a gross mistake. I, I did think 45 minutes each. I can just watch them and be ready. I did not realize how much information was going to come down the pipeline. So for the next batch, there will be notes. I will be ready. It'll be good. OK, I promise. Um, so Carlos is um, he lives in this island in, in Colombia. He has not come out to his family. He has come out to some of his close friends. That is where he is currently. Okay. And then Carlos and Valentine have been talking and they're getting to know each other. Valentine lives in America. He uh, does music. Okay. Valentine is about the music. And it was very interesting with the two of them because one of the big storylines that they're clearly putting out there is that Carlos is trying to be more open and, and, um, you know, wants to, share this relationship with his sister because he he wants that closeness. He doesn't want to lose his family. He doesn't want to lose Valentine. Valentine is open to everybody around him. So this is, I think, pushing and, and motivating Carlos to do the same. But Carlos is obviously um, pretty scared because he comes from a very conservative family and his he feels like his family would be very disproving. So that's where he is with all of this. Um, and then when it comes to Valentine and Carlos, the episode name is The Trouble with Two Tops. And we go into the conversation where they both we find out they are both tops in the relationship. And they both of them have also voiced out that they feel like that's going to cause some trouble with them because, you know, you need a top, you need a bottom. And Valentine's talking about this stuff with his friends. And then also we found out through all this that Valentine is a polyamorous man. So, you know, he feels like, you know, adding a third, potentially adding an extra person could be something they could do. But Carlos has no interest in polyamory at all. He's very clearly not into it. Also, these two have not met in person yet. So there's so much in this relationship going on, but they've not even met in person. And now Valentine is going to Colombia to meet Carlos for the first time. And... They meet, they share an amazing warm embrace, amazing kiss at the airport. The, the chemistry is clearly there, but then, uh, Valentine has rented a car because Carlos drives a bike and he didn't want to be on a bike. And Carlos is not loving the way that Valentine is driving and not listening to him and tells us in confession, like, you know, I have a tough time with not being listened to and I'm not being hurt. I don't like that. I don't like that kind of, uh, energy. So that's something they discuss also at the hotel. Um, Carlos had bought, um, sorry, one sec. All right, I'm back. Sorry. I just wanted to double check, make sure I got my facts right. Um, so Carlos had, you know, put a little like welcome thing going on in the, uh, in the room they had booked and he had brought some champagne for, you know, to celebrate this special occasion. But Valentine does not drink at all. Um, at all. So Valentine's, kind of like, well, I don't know why you got this. And Carlos like, it's a special occasion for us to enjoy. But Valentine kind of feels like, well, if this is something I've already said I don't like, and this is how this is happening, where is this going to leave us? So there's a lot going on here. I feel like 
Um, with these two, the journey is going to be long, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. They both seem to be big characters, but can't wait to see how this plays out with the two of them. So more to come on the story of Carlos and Valentine moving forward, which brings me to the last couple that we're going to talk about today. Again, this is a very brief introduction to all this. I'm hoping if you are interested in this, you will also watch it so we can talk about it together. You watch it along with because my God, what a show. Okay, so then the last couple we're introduced to is the story of Frankie and Abby and Gabby. So initially we are introduced to Gabby and Abby. Okay, so Gabby and Abby, uh, they are a couple who have been together for 10 years. They live in Mexico and they are a bisexual couple. So Gabby and Abby... I've known each other for 10 years. They've been together for 10 years. They're each other's rocks. Everything's great. Um, occasionally they introduce a third to the, to the bedroom kind of situation. Frankie, on the other hand, um, ha- is an American man who went through a divorce and was in a bad place, sad place. And then his friends convinced him to go on a vacation to Mexico with him. So he goes on this vacation and he meets Gabby and Abby. And then in the middle of all this, you know, they're hanging out, they're getting to know each other. They, they feel like he has a warm heart. He's so loving. He's so nice. One thing leads to another. Um, Frankie is now having a threesome with Gabby and Abby. Okay. So that happens. The vacation goes swimmingly. Everyone's happy. Everyone's great. Frankie leaves. Now what they don't tell us <laughs> and the bombshell that drops is that Frankie and Abby have been talking since he left the vacation. Abby and Frankie have been still in communication since then. Gabby does not know about them talking still. And Gabby has a moment where she has a confessional talking with Gabby and Abby, where Gabby says that, yeah, we like introducing a third here and there, but never repeating because sometimes the man has a tendency of having feelings and stuff like that. She's not wrong when she says this, but Abby and Frankie Both are into each other and both like each other. Gabby has no idea this is happening. Again, Gabby and I have been together 10 years. Abby would like to be with Frankie. Frankie now, after this small little vacation they had, is going to go back to them, propose to Abby, and the plan is to propose to Abby and then have a happy life with Abby. Bye-bye, Gabby. See you later. So, my God, my head exploded watching this segment. This is a story that you cannot write. I just, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. A 10 year relationship, a three, a, a one night threesome, then moving to Abby and Frankie talking to each other. And now they formed it. Like this is, this is like three movies wrapped in. This is all like, this is amazing. So we haven't seen that play out yet. This is as far as it's gotten. Uh, Frankie is ring shopping in the States with his friends. Also, I said earlier that people don't tell each other anything in these relationships or families and everything. So Frankie has not told his friends, his cousin, nobody what he's doing, what he's been up to since this vacation. Then he was cooking for, for his friends to then share this information. And they're like, hmm. Frankie's cooking something's up and Frankie says, yeah, you know, I was, I went on the vacation and then I had this threesome. These are the two people I have threesome with like, Ooh, look at that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to propose to her like, huh, what's going on? So one of them takes a ring shopping and we're going to see where it goes from there. <laughs> Again, 
I'm very sorry to the Love in Paradise fans who are hearing me say this and like, you said that wrong. That was a little vague. I do apologize. Again, I made the mistake of not having notes, but I wanted to push this podcast out for y'all. So I wanted to still do both by having the podcast released at a timely manner and also give you the little bit of a tidbit of a preview of what's to come because my God, if this isn't a great show. And if some of you have been listening to the 90 day stuff and you've been watching the show and you're like, oh, I kind of fell off the 90 day. Watch this. It's 42 minutes per episode. It's on Discovery Plus and it's it's a madness. It's it's wild what's happening on here. So definitely check that out, okay? Okay. All right, y'all. I'll leave it at that 17-ish minutes added to the pod here. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, feel free to at me with any corrections that I may have messed up so that I, A, have them in my notes, B, make sure to not make the same mistake again, Um, and I'll be back with you next week to talk about 9 Day Fiance episode 13 and the next three episodes of uh, Love in Paradise, colon, The Caribbean, A 90 Day Story. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.